Hi folks, it's Andy, the analytical preacher. I've seen it often when there's a natural disaster of some type, say a hurricane blows through a place and does a lot of destruction, that some folks, some Christians, and some of them almost gleefully will state, I think that was God using that as punishment for these individuals for this type of sin that's committed in that city or whatever. Even Christians who aren't happy about it or gleeful about it, that God is punishing their enemies, they sometimes will sincerely ask, I wonder if God was punishing that group of people for that specific type of sin. You hear the same questions asked when there's an illness maybe of some type, and it's a question of, is that a punishment for that person for a particular sin? That's the question I want to address today in our podcast. Should we understand that events such as that are direct punishment from God? Is that how we're to look at them? Or if it's only in some cases, which cases would it be direct punishment, etc.? Now, we can start with the general answer, the general biblical notion that bad things happen because of sin. And of course, we get this from Genesis chapter 3, covered this in a previous podcast, but God had told Adam and Eve, do not choose to disobey me. If you do, bad things will happen. Keep your trust in me. Keep your faith in what I ask you to do. It will definitely end up better for you. And if you try to rebel against my desires, it's definitely not going to end well for you. They chose to rebel, and it definitely did not end well. And all of a sudden, there's pain in childbirth. The marriage relationship is cursed. Humans now suffer physical pain. And eventually, all of us, along with every other biological creature, kicks the bucket. And again, not just humans, but all of creation, we're told. The entire world, really, the Bible says, the entire universe was cursed by man's sin. We get a taste for this in Romans chapter 8 in the New Testament. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, 20 to 23, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Paul is clearly saying, until Christ comes back, and redeems us and claims the Christians who are the first fruits of the Spirit. Bad things are going to happen in the world. There will be sickness. There will be natural disasters. When we read in Revelation, we read about things like the four horsemen of the apocalypse bringing all this sickness and so forth on the world. And again, sin, generally speaking, is the cause of that. And so why do we not live in a perfect paradise like Eden Garden of Eden or in heaven. We don't live in a perfect paradise like that because mankind has sinned and sin has cursed. So in the broadest sense, yes, bad things happen because of sin generally. Our question though is, is there a distinction made? Are specific people punished sometimes, sickness and natural disasters, because of specific sins that they have done? And we see in the Bible, that a distinction is drawn between these two things. Bad things happen sometimes to good people. Bad things happen directly as punishment sometimes to bad people. So let's kind of peel that onion apart and, and make sure we understand 
which is happening when. There's a story in John chapter 9, an account of Christ walking with his apostles. John 9 verses 1 to 3, it says this. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus says, I understand your notion is if someone is suffering, then that's God's direct punishment for their specific personal sin. Jesus said, in this case, that is simply not true. If we think about the book of Job, the entire book of Job is about this man who is stricken with just these horrible calamities of illness and death of his family and loss of his property. And the point is, Job had done nothing wrong for God to directly punish him. And yet he was suffering seriously. Of course, Job didn't understand it. Job's wife didn't understand it. Job's friends didn't understand it. Part of what we see in that book is God saying, yes, sometimes people will suffer and suffer badly and suffer worse than the sinners around them. And it's not their fault. So there are definitely two versions here because we also see in the Bible where God does directly punish a specific group of people for their specific sins. So if we see stories of where innocent people who haven't done a specific sin receive a punishment or what seems like a punishment, they suffer. And then others who have committed specific sins suffer, but it is direct punishment for that. What's the difference? And the difference is very clear. When it is a direct punishment for a specific action, for a specific people, God always forewarned those individuals by the mouth of a prophet. In fact, most of the Old Testament books of the prophets that you look at, so starting in the, in the books of Kings with Elijah and Elisha and going through Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel and Daniel, etc., most of those prophets were in one way or another warning one group of people or another that God was unhappy with this, and if you don't turn away from that, this will be the punishment that you will suffer. Sometimes the message would come, you have waited too late to turn away from that, and now God is telling you the punishment's coming in this. At one point in Jeremiah, for example, he tells his people, the punishment will be this, and it will last exactly 70 years. And so as those individuals suffered in captivity, For 70 years, it was clear to them they were being punished for a specific set of sins. We can think about the Old Testament book of Jonah. Jonah, again, was told by God, go and tell the citizens of the great city of Nineveh that they need to repent of what they're doing. Otherwise, I'm going to bring punishment on the city. God warned Abraham about the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. This is what's going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham, you and your kinfolk like Lot, you need to get out. And we actually see God explicitly having a prophet write down, this is my mode of operation. This is how I am doing it, at least in these old covenant times. Now, Jesus came and fulfilled that old covenant, fulfilled that law of Moses, as he promised us he would in the Sermon on the Mount. But in that old covenant, under that old contract, 
with the Hebrews written by, given to Moses by God, written down by Moses. We see God saying, this is how it works. And so in the book of Amos, Amos is the prophet who writes this down. In the book of Amos, God starts by warning the nations around Israel that they have done things that he is exceedingly unhappy with. And this is what's going to happen to those nations named nation by nation for what they've done. Here's what will happen. And then God very quickly, second, third chapters moves into, but I'm also Amos. I'm also telling Israel that they've been working against me and they will be punished as well. And now we're going to get to the core verse that I want to use for this podcast, which is Amos chapter three, verses six and seven. And this is exactly what God says. Amos 3, 6. Is a trumpet blown in a city and the people are not afraid? Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has done it? For the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. God is saying, when a direct punishment comes from me, I always blow the trumpet to warn them. What is a trumpet? A trumpet blow is a warning. Get ready for battle. The enemy's coming through the gates. We're going to have to fight. God says, when there will be direct punishment for something that you have done, you will always know what you were doing was wrong. And I will blow the trumpet. How am I going to blow the trumpet? By having one of my servants, the prophets, reveal what the coming disaster is, reveal the reason for it. That way, people will know why they are suffering and what they're suffering for. So, of course, what we would say today is, unless a prophet of God told by God to speak to us, unless a prophet of God tells us, this group of people is doing this, and this will be the punishment, then we would not be at liberty to assume that that natural disaster or that sickness was a specific punishment by God for those people. That specific curse That natural disaster, that sickness should absolutely remind us that sin is horrible and that bad things happen in the world because we have cursed it with sin. And in fact, one of the worst curses of sin is the chaos and the seeming unfairness that these people sin and these people suffer. That's one of the reasons God hates sin so bad and requires us to hate sin so bad. So when we see natural disasters, when we see illness, we should say to ourselves, I hate sin. I want to walk away from sin. I want to help my family and my friends and my fellow church members walk away from their sins as well. But I wouldn't read it as a specific punishment for a specific group of people for a specific sin because a prophet did not warn in advance what was going to happen to who and why. Of course, immediately some may go, well, then if a modern day prophet were to say, then we would understand it that way. And I would simply counter in our New Testament world. Again, God was talking to Amos. This is how the old covenant works. I will blow the trumpet. I will let my servant, the prophets, reveal what's going to happen before it happens. It's part of the reason that people know I'm God and respect I'm God, because I do claim the future before it happens. And I do take responsibility for some of the things that go down because I detail them out in advance. And you know that was me doing my work. In the New Testament world that we live in, Christ's new covenant that's written about in the middle part, the latter part of the book of Hebrews, 
There are no modern-day prophets. God no longer uses one individual to speak on his behalf to other individuals. How do we hear from God today? We hear from God through the Bible. We hear from God, especially especially through the New Testament. That's how God speaks to us. And God told us that this idea of speaking through prophets would eventually end. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8, 9, and 10, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit from God, writes this. Love never ends, Paul writes. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. What is Paul saying here? Prophecy. Those who were spoken to by God, who were then to turn around and speak to other people on God's behalf. Tongues, which is a way that I can speak to an individual who speaks a different language than me. And knowledge, the idea that I know what's about to happen and why. All of that, Paul says, will pass away when the perfect comes. The perfect is the New Testament Christian church founded on the Bible. The Bible is the perfect of which Paul is speaking here. Once God has spoken everything that we need to know in the New Testament, the New Testament says of itself that it is the faith once and for all delivered to the saints. There's nothing else that needs to be added. And it is quite frankly, a giant insult to the Holy Spirit to say that people still need to receive revelation and disseminate that revelation to other people on God's behalf today because the Holy Spirit wrote of itself and its work of the Bible that the faith has been once and for all delivered to the saints. God no longer speaks to us directly through prophets. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for knowledge, it will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. That has now happened because we have the New Testament Christian church, which is based on the perfection of the Bible. That is how God speaks to us. And so if God does not speak directly to a prophet and tell him, these are the people in trouble, this is why, and this is exactly what will happen and when, then when something does happen, which almost always catches us off guard, we should not say that is likely God's direct punishment for that person for that sin. But we should say sin is bad. Sin causes horrible things to happen. I need to walk away from my sin. Of course, it can be natural as a Christian when we see that there are enemies of God and there are people that are harming other people in this world. There's still slavery in the world. There's sex trafficking in the world. When we see those things as Christians, we often do say, God, strike your enemies down. God, curse those who are causing such horrible things to happen in your world. But what God says to us is, love people and pray for your enemies. And vengeance is his. But whether that vengeance comes tomorrow in the form of a typhoon against those that work in the sex trade or the slavery traffic, or whether that vengeance comes at the day of judgment, God would say to me, that is simply not your concern. Love your neighbor, pray for your enemies, and vengeance is mine, says the Lord. So let's don't seek to hope that God is punishing those that we're against or those that we think are against God. Let's just say God has not spoken in that area. I will not make an assumption. I will hate sin. I will pray for people, and I will love those who God puts in my path. 
Hope that answers the question. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Andy.